Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Shocking, or it should be shocking, but maybe not surprising. A new report in The Guardian US, written by, amongst other things, the former Jerusalem correspondent Chris McGreal, has exposed how CNN spreads propaganda on behalf of the Israeli state. That's my conclusion, having read this report in detail. It's a damning report. It shows, in my view, that CNN isn't offering journalism. It's voluntarily offering its services to the Israeli state. Now, this matters. It matters a lot. It's about media outlets which claim to be a partial and objective, failing in the basic function of educating and informing citizens, in this case, on a matter of life and death, and instead how they act like politically driven machines with a track record of justifying foreign crimes and indeed how media outlets make themselves complicit in acts of mass murder, as well as grievous attacks on the most fundamental human rights. And it raises profound questions, I have to say, about what we call Western democracy. Now, this report is based on accounts from six staffers across several newsrooms, as well as internal memos and emails. So it talks to many of these staffers. One of them, for example, uh, is quoted as saying, ultimately, CNN's coverage of the Israel-Gaza war amounts to journalistic malpractice. That's quite a damning thing, isn't it, to say about your own media organisation. They explain why. They say the majority of news since the war began, regardless of how accurate the initial reporting, has been skewed by a systemic and institutional bias within the network towards Israel. Now, it's clear who is chiefly held responsible at the top for this raging bias. It's the new editor-in-chief and CEO, Mark Thompson. That matters, actually, because this guy used to be director general of the BBC, and he was as the article actually notes, accused repeatedly of bowing to Israeli government pressure when he headed that corporation. What are the consequences then? Let's just see what this report suggests. A repeated, much greater focus on the suffering of the Israeli people on the 7th of October, at the exclusion of properly focusing on the mass slaughter of Palestinians and the mass destruction of Gaza, as well as framing the coverage on Israel's own terms, that is, portraying it as Israel's war on Hamas in its tunnels, now, just in terms of how low our expectations are, or mine are, by the way, and, you know, if we actually had news organisations like CNN properly committed to rigorous journalism, they would never dream of seeking to start the clock on the 7th of October. They would obviously have to talk about the mass ethnic cleansing suffered for generations by Palestinians. Indeed, the vast majority of Gaza's own population, the families of those driven from their homes back in 1948 and subsequently, as well as the occupation the siege, what is defined by multiple human rights organisations, including in Israel, as apartheid, illegal colonisation, mass incarceration, mass human rights abuses, mass killing of Palestinians before 7th October. We could go on. But, I mean, what I'm saying there is just like in another universe from what CNN offers. And unsurprisingly, this report quotes a staffer saying there's a lot of internal strife and dissent, and some are looking to get out. So it's good to see there are principal journalists with integrity there. Now, some journalists with experience in the region avoid, apparently, assignments in Israel because they don't believe they'll be free to tell the whole story, or they believe that editors are actually keeping them away. Now, uh, from the start, the CEO, Mark Thompson, is described as setting expectations for coverage, um, which included that while there would be coverage of human consequences and historical context, 
saying we must continue always to remind our audiences of the immediate cause of this current conflict, which they italicise, namely the Hamas attack and mass murder and kidnap of civilians. Now, according to staff members, that meant a framework in which atrocities on the 7th of October uh, were used to implicitly justify Israeli actions, and that, in practice, meant other context history was kept out. So one staff member eloquently put it like this, how else are editors going to read that other than as instruction that no matter what the Israelis do, Hamas is ultimately to blame? Every action by Israel dropping massive bombs that wipe out entire streets is obliteration of whole families. The coverage ends up massaged to create a they-had-it-coming narrative. I think that's a really crucial point because, you know, what many media organisations have done is give Israel a blank cheque to behave as it wishes because they basically have a narrative of well, Hamas did this, uh, they caused all this, and therefore everything Israel does is on them. Uh, so Israel can do any, anything it wants, it can commit any war crimes, and then the narrative is, well, because of Hamas, isn't it? We, it's not a defence, is it, in a trial? You can't go, well, they made me do it. That's not how the law works, not least governing warfare. Now, the official de- Gaza death toll is apparently invariably portrayed as unreliable by the network, despite all the evidence to the contrary, precedent, aid organizations, the US's own private uh, estimates, and Israel's own private estimates, which they now believe, uh, as a the Israeli magazine Plus 972 uh, has discovered, uh, they are now using it privately, the official Gaza death toll, as their own. Hamas statements are banned from being reported on the grounds they're inflammatory rhetoric and propaganda, but inflammatory rhetoric and propaganda from Israeli officials and their US cheerleaders is not, and indeed, apparently, According to all this, look, I don't watch CNN, generally speaking, I have to say, but apparently not challenged at all. Israeli official statements are often quickly cleared on the basis they can be trusted at face value, unlike statements from Palestinians, not just Hamas, uh, which apparently are delayed or never reported. Edits are uh, of, of pieces of journalism are believed to be done to, to ensure that there isn't criticism by pro-Israeli groups, as if they'd ever live in fear of criticism from pro-Palestinian groups. It gets worse. One staff has quoted as saying, some CNN staff fear that the result is the net is a network acting as a surrogate censor on behalf of the Israeli government. The system results in chosen individuals editing any and all reporting with an institutionalized pro-Israel bias, often using passive language to absolve the Israel Defense Forces of responsibility and playing down Palestinian deaths and Israeli attacks. That's one of the network's own journalists saying that. Now, they say actual hard-hitting report on the ground uh, is much less visible on the US version of CNN. So you might get on an international version, but not for US domestic audiences. Um, often you have hours and hours of interviews with Israeli officials and supporters of the war in Gaza not being challenged and sometimes just being backed up by presenters. With Palestinian voices and views much less frequently heard, but more aggressively put on the spot and challenged. So one example given is of Rami Igram, a former Israeli intelligence senior officer who appeared on Anderson Cooper's show and claimed the entire Palestinian population of Gaza could be regarded as combatants. Just to be clear what he actually said, the non-combatant population of the Gaza Strip is really a non-existent term because all of the Gazans voted for the, for the Hamas. And as we've seen on the 7th of October, most of the population in the Gaza Strip are Hamas, he said. Nonetheless, we are treating them as non-combatants. We are treating them as regular civilians and they are spared from the fighting. Now, just quickly, a few things on that. I mean, it's not true what he said. I mean, firstly... <laughs> Even when the elections happened, which was back in 2006, it's not true that even Hamas won a majority. They got the biggest share. But also, most, uh, nearly half of Gaza's population are children. I mean, the vast majority of people weren't eligible to vote in. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I mean, it's just, just factually wrong. Um, and it wasn't challenged. I mean, it, it's also, you can see what he's doing, slippery, isn't it? Trying to plant into the audience's head that the people of Gaza suffer from collective guilt. And therefore suggesting that actually, rather than making you think, well, actually, Israel, the Israeli army's gone too far... The idea is to go, oh, they've been kind to them. Because even though, actually, are they really civilians? But they're not, but they're being treated as civilians. Despite all the mass death and devastation Israel's caused. Now, as I say, not challenged by Anderson Cooper. That's outrageous, by the way. There's been critical and excitable promoting of Israeli claims, which have turned out to be true. Like that hideous story of Israeli babies being beheaded. One baby was killed on 7th of October. That's hideous enough, by the way. I mean, any baby being killed is hideous. That baby was shot dead uh, through the door of a safe room. The family was in the safe room and militants fired bullets through the door and killed the baby. Hideous. You did not have beheadings of babies on the 7th of October. It never happened. Now, the purpose of this claim was underlined by the presenter putting the claims of the beheadings of babies to a reporter on the grounds that you know, Israel would never be able to make peace with Hamas because of the beheadings of babies, which, as I keep saying, didn't happen. So you can see what the basis of that claim was. People were a bit like, oh, why would you even need to question these things? As if, like, you know, if Israel was accused of atrocities in, uh, in, in Gaza, and then, you know, if, if they specific examples turned out not to be true, of course cheerleaders of Israel would say so. But in this particular case, you can see what's happening. It's been used to justify a military onslaught, which has... I would note, killed over 13,000 children, many of them babies. Now, they even, uh, CNN apparently claimed to have a video of such atrocities. They didn't have such a video because those atrocities didn't happen. Other atrocities happened, I've seen them. There were atrocities committed against Israeli civilians, which I saw, not these claims. Now, CNN uh, have come back and said these claims in this article are untrue, unfair, they're not biased. Now, I think... I'll probably let you all think through whether you believe them or not. But there's an interesting point made in this piece in that a precedent was set by Russia's invasion of Ukraine where reporters and the channel were just clear about being open and supporting Ukraine. It just seemed like, you know, in their heads, it's, this is such a clear-cut case. So they ended up cheerleading. Now, look, I oppose Russia's brutal invasion of Ukraine. Um, and I've made that clear over and over again. But I'm an opinion writer. I'm not actually there to report from the war itself. 
And I would say there's a problem there because we've been deprived of an accurate understanding of what's happening in that war as a consequence. And I think it came as a surprise to many people in the West when they found out that it wasn't going well for Ukraine. And that's because if you get cheerleading instead of reporting, people don't understand what's actually happening. The point here is it set a precedent and then journalists went on to, to apply the same partisan approach to Israel. Now, there's also the point about CNN reports being embedded in the IDF, producing reports censored by the army. That's not journalism. And um, as for not interviewing Hamas, it's been pointed out that CNN has interviewed all sorts of unpleasant people over the years, including Osama bin Laden. So why not now? I mean, it's just journalism. You do have to speak to people who are unpleasant, including the Israeli state. Now, there's a wider context here, isn't there? And, you know, foreign reporters banned from Gaza, unless they're embedded with the IDF, of course, and producing censored material. Palestinian journalists in Gaza have been butchered, the biggest mass killing of journalists in the history of modern conflict. Across the West, major media outlets have done various things, a virtue leading for the Israeli massacre, or often at best framing this as a counter-terror operation by Israel, Israel defending itself with a side debate about whether it's proportionate or not. There's been a huge focus on the suffering of Israelis. Of course we have to talk about the suffering of Israelis, but much, much, much less proportionately given to the suffering of Palestinians, even though far, far more Palestinians have been killed, maimed, driven from their homes, their homes often destroyed, and the population reduced to apocalyptic conditions. Palestinian life has been treated as virtually worthless by multiple media outlets and journalists. And even when confronted with what, well over 13,000 Palestinian kids being violently killed, so many babies and toddlers among them. Well, the extremism of Hamas is often remarked upon by these media outlets, but the multiple genocidal and murderous statements made by Israeli government ministers, politicians, army figures, soldiers, media outlets, journalists, some of those, of course, cited by South Africa, in its case, in the International Court of Justice, and indeed cited by the president of the court in the damning ruling. Now, they've not only not framed the coverage, they've often just not been reported on at all. As if we can't understand the intent of a military onslaught based on what those driving actually say, as if that same standard would be applied to other states. Now, Israeli spokespeople and pro-Israeli guests are often treated with deference, while Palestinian voices and their allies are platform much less and often interrogated as though they're criminals in the dock, including Palestinians who've got nothing to do with Hamas, and indeed including Palestinians who've had loved ones killed by the Israeli state. All of this protects Israel from scrutiny of the grave crimes it's committing, with the direct support and complicity, of course, of our governments. That itself reduces public pressure on our governments to stop their own involvement in this great crime, and without that involvement, it'd end. The US, one phone call, gone, finished. So what CNN is doing here is not properly informing citizens of what's been done in their name, which should be a crucial role of the media in any healthy, functioning democracy. It has helped to facilitate media coverage across the West and alleged genocide. That's a moral disgrace, and it underlines why we deserve so much better than the media ecosystem that we are currently given. Please like and subscribe. Do share this video. Uh, you can keep the show on the road on Patreon.com forward slash 84 and listen to us the podcast. I'll speak to you soon.